in Psalms 55. Uh, we'll read a verse of scripture and have prayer. We preached from Psalms 55 a few weeks ago, and last week I did not feel led to preach this uh, the rest of this psalm, but just preached the first eight verses a couple weeks ago. So I want to pick up in uh, verse number 12 and read what David says here. He says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man of mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I thank you for the good testimonies that we've heard tonight and the singing. And Lord, I thank you for what you've already done. I pray now that you'll give us liberty and vocabulary and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I was preaching a couple weeks ago from Psalms 55 and I'm not one to much recap anything, but uh, when you come to this psalm, David uh, is basically pouring his heart out uh, because he has been deeply wounded. And I think that Psalms 55 is a song of the wounded. He has been betrayed by uh, both a familiar friend and a, fa a family member. And we mentioned about uh, David's anguish as David experiences the anguish of betrayal in the early verses of this chapter here. And I want to tell you, God just kind of settled in that uh, Wednesday night and we just preached uh, and never did finish this psalm and a lot of times I'll move on but uh, the reason I want to go back to Psalms 55 tonight is because uh, David dives in a little bit deeper and begins to shift gears a little bit as he begins to talk in detail about this family member which would be Absalom and this friend Ahithophel uh, who turned against David and when you think about this tonight David is talking about those that have proven to be untrue in his life. Now these are people that David did not see it coming. I mean, Absalom, his own son, and Ahithophel, one of the most loyal members and friends that David had within the palace, but yet both of them had proven to be untrue in David's life. Now, every one of us will experience betrayal on some level throughout our life. Uh, we think about our Savior, as we mentioned, as he was betrayed just before the cross, and his own people said, let his blood be upon us and upon our people. So even our Savior experienced betrayal and those that had proven untrue in his life. The question is, what do you do when others have proven to be untrue? And that's what I want to preach on a few minutes tonight on what to do when others have proven to be untrue. David finds himself in that place here in Psalms 55 and we see his fear in verses 1 through 8. We see his fury in verses 9 through 15 as David is praying against his enemies and then finally his faith in verse number 16 throughout 23 you see what Psalms 55 proves is this is that when others do us wrong when others mistreat us when others even betray us we, we may feel the anguish and certainly will feel the anger that is something that is a part of that but God always gives the right answer amen you see this psalm does not close uh, with David bitter and mad and angry at the 
those who have turned against him. And I want to say tonight, I pray that that would not be the last chapter of our life neither. Amen. But what this chapter ends is with David, a man who has found the answer, a man that is full of faith, and a man that is rather choosing to live in bitterness. He's living in blessedness because he has put his confidence in the one person that will always be true, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll tell you, I'm friend tonight. If everybody you knew was to walk away from you, if family and friends and loved ones was to prove to be untrue to you, there is one that will be faithful. He'll stand by your side no matter what you face in this walk of life. Amen. And it's because of that that David did not become bitter. I see that in this psalm here uh, that David begins to talk about uh, the dangers of an uninstructed love as Absalom was one, my friend, that never received real instruction from David and because of that he stole the hearts of the men of Israel and he turned against him. And then he talks about the damage, uh, uh, my friend, of an unfounded lie. As Ahithophel he says in verse number 12, for it was not an enemy that reproached me then could I have borne it neither was it he that hated me but the Bible says but that did magnify himself against me then I would have hid myself from him but it thou, but it was thou a man of mine equal my God and my acquaintance we took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company you see this was a man that David had worshipped with it was a man that David had went to church with and when you think about it tonight you would think that God's people would never betray each other, isn't that right? Sometimes, even in church, people prove to be untrue. You say, preacher, why is that? Well, because not everybody's saved, number one. Some people are untrue because they may look like a, a sheep, they may look like a saint, but the fact of the matter is they're really not. They've never truly been born again. And friend, you can't trust the world. You can't trust a lost man, not even a religious lost man. And they may play the role of religion for a very long time, but somewhere along life's way, they're not a brother, they're not a sister. So therefore, they may prove to be untrue to you and I. They may betray because they're not saved. Not everyone's saved. Secondly, not everyone is spiritual. Amen. Just because someone's saved doesn't mean they're always going to be loyal. Ahithophel, I believe uh, there was a time when Ahithophel, uh, David felt like that he would never betray him. He would never turn on him. But yet he, he betrayed him. Uh, my friend, he lied to David. He uh, told David what he wanted to hear. But yet behind David's back, he was telling others uh, what they wanted to hear. His true colors came out. And friend, we've all experienced that. And David talks about here the damage of an unfounded lie. And then he talks about the death of an unspeakable loneliness because David says uh, that they took sweet counsel together and they walked to the house of God in company. What that means is there was a time in David's life uh, when listen he enjoyed going to church with them. He enjoyed worshiping in the sanctuary and when you think about it there are people my friend that are no longer amongst our ranks today. They're no longer uh, they're no longer here but at one time they was a blessing. At one time they sang, they testified, maybe they even preached uh, but now listen they proven to be untrue and there's a part of me that does not want to criticize them because even as strange as it may sound there was fond memories amen 
Can I tell you something about people that are untrue to the church? When you think about them tonight, it brings sadness to your soul to think about that they're no longer amongst us. But I never want to get bitter at somebody that walks away from church. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be friends with them. And you may think that is too harsh, but I think that ought to be said. Sometimes I marvel at how people can leave church and say all kinds of terrible things about the church and about people in the church. And then I'm, I'm shocked at the people that'll just reach out to them and they'll say, "Well, you know, we ought to show compassion and we ought to show love, and we should. We should show compassion and love." But the Bible says you ought to mark them that walk disorderly. Amen. And the Bible says to have no. Faith fellowship with them. That doesn't mean I'm not supposed to criticize them. I'm not supposed to run them down. I'm not supposed to drag their name through the mud. I'm not supposed to tell my side versus their side. I'm just to turn them over to God and to kindly step back away from them and not have any fellowship with them and to mark them as a troublemaker. Somebody say amen right there. I'm telling you friend, listen, there's some people that when they leave, let's just face it, I'm not going after them. I had someone ask me that one time. I said, Preacher, are you not going to go visit so-and-so? And I said, No. And I didn't tell them why. And the reason I didn't tell them why, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything negative about that person, even though they had not done the church right. I'm not talking about falling into sin. I'm not talking about going about going after somebody that has, uh, you know, fell in a snare. They fell in a sin. We ought to try. To, I'm talking about somebody that tried to try to to break up the fellowship. Somebody that tried to cause division. Somebody that that tried to undermine or somebody that tried to to tear God's church apart. I'm telling you, listen. When you've asked God to either get them right or move them out, and then you see them leave, uh, then you know, hey, I'm just leaving that in the hands of a just God. I'm not praying anything bad upon them. I don't wish anything bad upon them. I hope they get right with God and come back and make things right with the church. And I want to say this, if they get right with God, they will come back and make things right with the church. Uh, I'm not going to hurt them. I'm not praying anything bad. I'm just not going to come and drink, drag trouble back in the door. Can I get a witness right there? I don't think people look better going than they do coming. Because no matter how much of a troublemaker they've been, when they leave, they're not going to something better. They're going to something worse. I'm going to tell you that will break a pastor's heart even when you know they have caused deep wounds in your life and yes there's somewhat a relief when they leave because uh, the Bible says where there is no wood the fire goeth out and I'm telling you when a talebearer is gone or a troublemaker is gone there is going to be peace and there's going to be rest and there's going to be unity and the presence of God is going to be able to work again and I'm telling you if you love God and you love people you never want to see anybody go down the wrong path not even your enemy not even someone that has tried to cause you great harm. He said, Brother Gravity, what do you do? I thank God for the victory. I claim the victory that he gives. I, I thank him for answered prayer. But then, my friend, I, I just leave it in the hands of a holy, just God. I can't even pray like David prayed. I mean, he was a more spiritual man than I was. But David prayed that God would kill him and put him in hell. And I didn't. I don't want to pray that on somebody. They were living under the Old Testament times, and things were a whole lot different than the day that we live in. I know I ought to be dead and in hell. And so therefore I can't pray that on anybody else I'm just simply saying this friend That was sometimes when we feel the, 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 the wounds of betrayal We don't need to take it so personal Because they don't walk away from us They're walking away from God Amen I've seen people down through the years 
been to the funeral home, the hospital, seen those people and see their life and the trouble that it is. You say, preacher, watch the messages. Don't you and I fall into that same trap. We need to be faithful. We need to be loyal to God, loyal to the house of God. I'm not talking about loyal to a fault, but I'm talking about loyal to the truth of God's word. We need to stand on the the principles of the word of God like the choir sang a a while ago. We need to stand for our convictions. Amen. No matter what others do, we choose to be a Christian. Not everybody's going to stay this way. Not everybody's going to go this way. Way. But I don't know about you. When we come to the end of the journey, I still want to be hoeing the same road, don't you? I want to still be preaching from the same Bible. I want to still believe in the same type of worship. I still want to stick with the same convictions and standards that have been taught from the Word of God down through the years. I want to stay with the principles of the Bible. I mean, I just want to stick with what has worked thus far. It'll work toward the end. Hallelujah. You know, just recently, a friend of mine had went a different route. I didn't know that. Somebody told me the other day. And they said to him, said, did you hear about so-and-so? And I said, no, I, I thought something, uh, tra- and when I reckon it was tragic, but I was thinking more along the lines of, a, of an accident or something. They said, well, said, uh, yes, so they, they're no longer the way that they were anymore. They, they've changed a lot of their beliefs and a lot of things. I said, well, I hate that. But I didn't say another thing to that person because I didn't want to say anything now. I don't know what they've been through or where they're at. But I want to tell you something. God never changes. The Bible never changes. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad I serve a God that I'll never have to get up, Brother George, and wonder if he is today what he was yesterday. It saddens me when I see people go a different route, and it brings fear to my soul to think, hey, if they could do it, then there's the possibility that I could do it. I don't want to become a Pharisee and think that I'm better than them because I'm afraid the devil could throw me a curve just like he's thrown other people a curve. But I tell you, there is one that I want to keep my eyes fastened on because he never changes. His word never changes. His spirit never changes. His book never changes. His blood never changes. His promises never change. His principles never change. He is the same today and yesterday and forever. And as long as I'll keep looking unto him rather than others, my friend, if we'll keep our confidence in him, we'll never be disappointed or let down. I want to say, David, had to get his eyes off his family and his friends and get his eyes on the Lord. I'll tell you this tonight. It's the danger of becoming too close to individuals. I think as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be close. Amen. But there ought to be a line that we draw. You say, preacher, why do you preach that? Because if you're not careful, you'll learn things about people that God never intended for you to learn. You'll see weaknesses in people's lives that we all have weaknesses, isn't that right? I'm not talking about putting on a show or, or putting on some kind of a f- religious facade, but I'm telling you there are weaknesses that I have tonight that, that I don't want you to know about them, and, and you have weaknesses that you don't want me to know about, and I don't think we should know about them. I think that we ought to work on our weaknesses, and we ought to tell the Lord about it, but we ought to keep them from each other. I don't believe in this bear all and tell all business, amen? I don't think that we ought to just ex- uh, explain, uh, put everything on display. Some things are meant to be 
kept private. Some things are meant to be kept between you and the Lord. Isn't that right, church? Uh, but I'm telling you, when you get too close to people and you start learning things that you're not supposed to learn, uh, I'm going to tell you what it'll set you up for. It'll set you up for disappointment. It'll set you up for failure. It'll set you up for a lack of respect. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, I remember a very spiritual man, a godly man, told me this one time. He said, keep everybody at arm's length. He said, because arm's length is close, uh, but it's not close enough that they get in too close that they lose confidence. Amen. You say, preacher, why do you say that? Because at the end of the day, you know what we all are? We're just flesh. Amen. We're just flesh tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, Paul said, put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, and brother, I'm telling you tonight, you put too much confidence in people. And I'll tell you what, they will let you down. Amen. There's a danger of building ourselves up and building others up to the point that they make no mistake. I hope I'm not preaching by myself tonight. It's awful quiet in here. Maybe you're just intently listening. But I'm telling you, friend, listen, nobody's as good as people make them out to be. Is that right? You know that's true. Boy, I appreciate when people say kind things about me. I mean, everybody needs encouragement. If you say kind things about me, please don't stop because I'd rather you say kind things than to say nasty things. Come on now. I mean, anybody says, I don't like a kind word, they're lying. Who wouldn't like a little encouragement along the way? Isn't that right? The fact is, I can't never believe those things because I know how dirty and rotten this person really is. Amen. I live in this old body, and the danger is, uh, is that sometimes uh, people start believing their own compliments. Uh, they start believing their own accolades uh, that people give to them. I mean, I mean, you know as well as I do. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, people might think you're uh, the best, uh, best thing next to sliced bread, but nothing's as good as sliced bread. Come on, say amen right there. Isn't that right? Man, I'm telling you, listen, I hear some people talk about, I was in a church service one time, and a man got up and said, I'm, I'm a so-and-so fan. Talk about a preacher. I pray nobody ever says that. I don't reckon nobody's ever going to say that about me. And then what about preachers that's got fan pages? I'm like, is this not a sick world we're living in? Y'all with me still, eh? Hello, Tokyo. Y'all out there? I'm talking about, I mean, isn't that crazy, the world that we live in today? When we've elevated, per- I'm going to tell you something. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know what we're to do? We're to be road signs to point others to the way of the cross. Amen. At the end of the day, we're unprofitable servants. At the end of the day, I'm telling you all to just be glad that our names have been written in heaven free. And I know where I ought to be. I know what I am tonight. But by the grace of God, I am even what I am tonight. Don't you thank God tonight that he showed you mercy, that he showed you loving kindness. Had it not been for his goodness, had it not been for his grace. I'm here to tell you we're a bunch of nobodies headed nowhere one day but one day he picked us up out of nothing and he put us into everything and I owe everything to Jesus everything that I have everything that I am it all belongs to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes sometimes he just I just need to be reminded. Amen. You know how I know? I, I don't know how good he's been to me. Sometimes I think I do. But I'll tell you when worship really sets in is when we start thinking about how, how, how unfaithful we really are.
I want you to, and I, I know there's a degree of being faithful to the truth. But let's just face the raw facts tonight. It's Wednesday night crowd. We fall short every day. Had it, if it wasn't for the prayer, oh, Father, have mercy and forgive me. I'd never get in the doorway of the throne room. I'm glad that throne, the Bible says, it's a throne of grace. It's a throne of God. It's a throne of glory. But he said for us, it's a throne of grace. Amen. It's God's throne. It's a glorious throne. But God said, it's a throne of grace and mercy. You know why it's that way? I'm going to tell you why it's a throne of grace. It has to be grace for him to ever let us into the presence of, of a thrice holy God. You say, how in the world could God ever let you and I in by the blood of Jesus, a new and living way? He's consecrated through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. You and I can come boldly. We can come freely in the presence of God a bunch of dirty, rotten, hell-deserving sinners uh, always stumbling, always falling, uh, but yet the door is swung wide open uh, and God said, come on in. Uh, there's enough grace uh, where your sin doth abound today. Uh, grace doth much more abound. Uh, I'll smother you in my grace, uh, baptize you in my blood, uh, and call you my son, uh, and call you my daughter, uh, and you can fellowship uh, as if nothing is wrong. Uh, that's the God we serve tonight. Amen. And he's never betrayed me. I'm going to just quit preaching this psalm. I'm never going to finish it. It's done. But I'm going to tell you something. Tonight, you ever felt betrayed? Well, now you know how Jesus feels. 